We tried calling, texting, leaving voicemails and nothing. Nothing was working. Ife says with worry in her eyes, and while I get what she means on one part, absolutely nothing explains the entire situation to me because how did we get here? I stare at them blankly. Shock, discomfort and many other agonizing emotions you can imagine are evident in my eyes and face. I realized that I hadn't precisely been thoughtful towards my friends, and that was incredibly selfish and out of character for me. I feel a pang of pain because I hate that I have caused them to worry, and now I am having conflicting thoughts between wallowing in my self-pity and allowing those who care about me to take care of me as they love to. I return from my thoughts to hear Nii say, I told him you wouldn't like that he was here, but he was worried, and to be honest, no one would have been able to stop him. Nii continues the unofficial apology while shifting uncomfortably on the sofa. I finally decided to choose to let them take care of me because self-pity has done nothing but drain me, and I am exhausted. Knowing fully well that I cannot avoid his gaze any longer without appearing like a chicken, which I am not, I turn around and I say, Hello, in the tiniest of voices with a mix of shyness, a sad smile on my face and the curious look in my eyes, all the while thinking, where do I start? After telling all that transpired that lovely Friday that Ife kept me waiting, I see understanding, comprehension and pity in their eyes because Ni and Ife know how hard it must have hit me. I look at Jeff, and do I see compassion, a fierce protective gaze, and anger, a, a fierce protective glare and anger. After the long silence that followed, someone finally speaks. I understand all that transpired on Friday. I was there for the most part. What I cannot seem to understand, however, is why you had such a severe anxiety attack to see some guy. Am I missing something? Jeff says. I launch into the long tale of Stan and Jess and the ensuing chaos. It was refreshingly relieving to speak honestly. And if I'm being truthful, it was the least I can do because I owe him an explanation and apology. He practically saved me from myself, I guess, that Friday night. I noted to myself, I'll have to remember to order Sharma for them tomorrow because their actions make them look sensible when they choose to. There is something about Jeff. I can't place my finger on it yet, but it makes me want to blurt out my deepest, darkest secrets. And it's so strange because mostly I prefer to listen than talk. I swiftly noted to myself, do not lose guard. In the meantime, having looked everywhere but at him, I decided to face him finally, apologize, and just get this part over with. Without a doubt, there'd be shock and pity, but what else will be there? Before I can do that, he starts speaking. Jess, I'm sorry on behalf of a member of my gender for putting you through all that. He says with smiling eyes. Yeah, that apology made me smile. As a member of your gender, what is this, a gender rescue mission? I respond while still choking because I'm also laughing. How does he make me laugh when I do not feel like laughing? At that, he smiles broadly with this sort of boyish look. Then he continues. I mean it. I know how hurt can affect a person's perception of things and blind them from experiencing life's beauty. I have experienced that. But that just is for another day. The point is, I really don't want that for you. I want to speak more about your revenge. But something tells me this isn't the time. Again, I understand why you'd react the way you did, and I'm sorry you went through that. Surprises await me at every turn where this man is involved. Has he experienced it? I want to know everything. But I cannot precisely blurt that out. 
since we are primarily acquaintances, it seems more like a friendship. But then it isn't, and since I like a better term, let's go with acquaintance. Speaking of acquaintances, don't call each other babe. Thank you for coming to my rescue the other day, interrupts me. I respond with, no thanks are necessary, really. I had to come meet some partners and they cancelled last minute. I was on my way to the car when I spotted you. From my lens, your body language communicated distress and I couldn't tell why you weren't moving. You seemed a little frozen. Not exactly sure how to explain it, but I knew I had to act. Which leads me to my apology. I shouldn't have called you babe. I was trying to assess the situation without giving too much away as well. And that was the only idea I thought would give me the advantage of standing close to you to ensure physical safety and also the chance to size up that assailant and weigh up my chances if push comes to shove. He stops abruptly, gulping as though he had just returned from a marathon. Interesting. Right, that makes sense, I think. But following that logic, you can hold your own in a fight, correct? I ask, unable to stop my curiosity this time. Ha <laughs> ha. Well, I'm not Anthony Joshua, but I'm all right. He responds. At least that question has diverted what might have been an awkward conversation because how do I explain feeling some kind of way at the fact that he was willing to fight for me? Well, all the same, thank you. Also, I apologize for snapping at you and generally being rude instead of accepting help graciously because I was raised better than that disrespectful brat stunt I pulled that night. Apology accepted. Again, having the complete picture now brings everything into perspective. However, since you're so determined to apologize, maybe you can do it over lunch tomorrow? Say 3 p.m.? How did he finesse his way to this point right now? Shit, I have to respond. Um, lunch, sure. Text me details when you've made the booking. I finally respond, thinking, what did I just commit to? I would, but I don't have your number. Yet. Nicely done, Jeff. Now it just looks like you're trying to strong arm into getting your number. I've been meaning to get it, actually, but I wanted to get it from you directly and not me, he continues. Oh, okay then. That's not on me, right? Just give me your phone so I can put it in and then have yours for ease. I responded. <sighs> not excited that he has my number, but a girl can dream, can't she? Hey, I got home safe. Here are the details for tomorrow. Uncle T's restaurant, Jabi Abuja, 3pm. See you there. I receive his text and I go into full panic mode. What do you wear when going for an acquaintance lunch outing that is not a date with someone you may or may not have a crush on? I have so many questions. My best bet is to bribe my sure babe, simply make her salivate for gist, and I will have a wardrobe advisor. It's a win-win, really. I quickly sent a text to you, fair. Be at my place as early as 10 a.m., lunch outing, no clothes, I'm freaking out. I sent her the text message. She'll get what I mean without having to explain. I'll be there by 7. Tell me everything, she responds. Yeah, that's my bestie. Laying in bed now, all I can think of is how random life can be. If I was to judge based on how my day began, I definitely wouldn't have predicted that it would end on a friendly note, with me feeling light and content. As cliche as this sounds, it's plain fact. Life is definitely better with good people around you. Talk, talk, talk.